Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we look to you today as we've been listening, as we've been opening our ears, our hearts, our minds to you, God. Um, we've wanted to hear your voice. We've wanted to know your voice. And now, Lord, we want to follow your voice. So today, Lord, as we dive into your word, as we hear about Abraham, um, Lord, we just ask that you guide us today uh, as we spend a few moments in your word. We love you, Lord, and pray this all in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen. So, as I told the kids, like, I loved going on trips as a kid. Like, I, I love going on, on road trips. And um, there's one kind of thing that we really enjoyed doing uh, growing up, and, and I, I want to ask you guys, just think about this. When you think of national parks, what, what park comes to mind? Just be thinking about that for a second. And maybe you've done a trip and you've gotten to go to these places, but maybe you went to Yellowstone. It was fun looking up all these pictures. Uh, maybe it was Yellowstone, and, and it's such a beautiful park with its wildlife, trees, springs, geysers, and of course, there's Old Faithful. There's so much to see at Yellowstone. Or maybe you're thinking of Yosemite, and it's, you know, that's out in California, um, and it's, I will say, Yosemite is on my bucket list of places I'd love to go. If you haven't watched the documentary, Free Solo, it's on Disney+, Plus, and it's about a guy who, like, climbs uh, Half Dome, like, without rope. It's actually really awesome. Um, I just, I don't want to do that. I just want to go and check out the mountain and be like, oh, that's cool. I don't want to climb it. But Yosemite is on my bucket list of places I'd like to go. And while you're out in California, you could also swing by Redwood National Forest and see some beautiful trees. And it's home to some of the largest trees in the world. And of course, even more importantly, it was the filming location of Return of the Jedi, so the home of the Ewoks. So now you have a little Star Wars trivia for you there. And then there's a lesser known park. Uh, and it's actually one that have, has trees, but they died thousands of years ago. It's the Petrified Forest National Park. And uh, it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. It's all these different rock formations. Um, and for the dinosaur fans out there, they have fossils. So seven-year-old Nate absolutely loved it because I was really into dinosaurs. As a kid, of course, not as an adult. But it's very interesting to go and check out. So parents, if you're looking for a fun place to take your kids, they might find that interesting. I know I did. Um, but then there's the granddaddy of all national parks, the Grand Canyon. And I, I would take a wager that most people have probably been there. I think of all the national parks, that's the one where most of us end up at. It's an enormous, sprawling canyon that extends 277 miles across Arizona. And whether you visit the north or the south rim, you can hike all the way to the bottom. You can go down and see the Colorado River, the river that, that chiseled it all out of the stone. Or maybe you're flying out to California and you got this, you know, the pilot said, please look out to your right and you see uh, the Grand Canyon there. We've, that's, we've all, we all know about it. And the thing is, is I, I look at it and it is absolutely something to behold. And now I know there are hundreds of other parks. Promise me, I, or I promise you, I looked it up online. There's like over 400 different parks. Um, going to nationalparks.org. Um, but when I look, and, and we all have our favorites. Maybe it's, it's a different one than, than what I, we showed today. But when I look at these pictures, or if I see a video of like, you know, flying over the Grand Canyon, I see this, and first I thank God and say, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful earth that he made for us. And second, I want to hop in a car and go to these places. I will say, after 2020, I'm like, 
road trip, let's go. Uh, I really want to go to these places, take my kids to go and see the places that I saw as a kid. Now, growing up, like my family, we would utilize our, our summer vacation, and we'd go on visits to visit my family in Southern California. And we'd head out west on Interstate 80 towards L.A., and then we'd come back east via Route 66. Now, along the way, we would deviate off from that course to visit different national parks, and of course, there was the occasional tourist trap, or we would visit family and friends along the way. And every trip, I can remember my mom sitting in the front seat, as, uh, sitting in the passenger side as my dad's co-pilot with the Rand McNally pulled out, and she'd be telling my dad which direction to go as he's driving thousands of miles across the U.S., all in one road trip. And in the back of our, our van, it would be me and my three sisters. And uh, I, I asked my mom recently, I'm like, how did you guys do that? Like, we're a family of four now. I'm like, how did you accomplish going from Geneseo, Illinois, to Pasadena, California? Like, how did you do that? Without any of us killing each other or driving each other insane, we probably drove each other insane. But her exact words were, we were all angels. I love my mom. <laughs> she actually said that we all had our different things to entertain us, whether it was our Walkmans, yep, or CD players, we had books, little travel games. I liked playing chess. I had a little magnetic chess set. Um, and of course, got to have snacks. You got to have the road snacks. And the thing is, is we would stop and we would explore different rest stops or little parks along the road. And when I look back on these three-week-long trips, I, I do wonder, how in the world are Christine and I going to do this with four kids? Like, it's, it's kind of hard to think of it. Right now, four under four for a few more days. Uh, like, how, do we, how are we going to do that? Last summer, Christine and I, and we packed up our minivan, Becca and Ellie, we all climbed in, and we made a trip up north to Hayward, Wisconsin. And that's like eight-ish hours, and that's eight-ish hours of crying and eating McDonald's as we drove, and switching between Beauty and Beast and Frozen 2 on the iPad, and of course, potty breaks, because, Dad, I gotta go potty, is the kid, Becca's favorite thing to, to say. But I will say it was a very different experience from my childhood, and, and today, instead of using the Rand McNally or Roadmap, we have our GPS. We use our phones. And I'll admit, I'll admit it today, that I am a byproduct of my generation relying on technology to get me where I need to go. And it's a little embarrassing to admit that when I moved to the area, when I, when I married Christine, we, we moved, I moved to Clinton. And uh, when I first moved there, I had to use my GPS to get everywhere. Like, I was at Walmart, I'm like, how do I get to Jimmy John's, uh, you know, on 2nd Street? Like, I, I could not go anywhere in Clinton. And you guys know, Clinton's a confusing town anyway with all the one-ways. So, a little bit of grace. But it's, I need Google Maps to get me everywhere. Um, and I gotta be honest, I, I know I'm not part of the generation that if you give me verbal directions, like, well, you need to head down I-95 and you need to go past the barn that's got one post missing and then there's the dog that's sitting there, it, I, I can't. I can't do that, and I know no one would give me directions like that. But I can't retain that information. I can put it in, in Google Maps and say, I trust you, phone, please take me there. But I will say there was one time I went on a road trip, uh, and it was to visit some family in Georgia. And I went on my own. And this is my first time driving there. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a long drive. It was 16 hours to drive, and I wanted to do it in one day. So I left at 5 a.m. For the first six to eight hours of the trip, it was really not that bad. Um, things went totally fine. Google Maps took me exactly where I needed to go. And it kept me on course. But then I got to Nashville. 
If you drove around in Nashville at all, that town is super confusing. Not as bad as Atlanta, but it's, it's an interesting one. But I get through Nashville, and uh, not underneath me, but 10 miles ahead, a sinkhole just opened up in the road. And all the digital signs are saying, warning, sinkhole ahead. And I'm like, oh, crud, what am I supposed to do? And Google Maps is like, continue on for 20 miles. And I'm like, that's not going to work, Google. So I just took the first chance I could to get off because there was all these detour signs up. And I get off, and I'm driving and driving. And I'm like, OK, Google, where do I need to go? And Google's like, turn around. I'm like, no, I don't want to turn around. I need, to, I need a different route. This was the early days of Google Maps. It was not great. I, if, if you never drove with it, be glad it's gotten better. Um, and the thing is, is this, this technology had failed me. And so my, what did I have sitting on the floor next to me? The Rand McNally. And I was able to open it up and say, OK, I am on I-35, and I need, you know, I was on I-35, and I need to go 50 miles this way to get on I-45 and get back on my way. And so old school tech saved me for a moment, and I had to travel into the unknown of Tennessee. And I got to see some beautiful sights that I would never have gotten to see. And it was absolutely one of the most stressful stretching times I've ever experienced. And it was because it wasn't part of my plan. This was not the route that I was planning on taking. Eventually, I did make it to Georgia only an hour later. And like I said, I can thank the wonderful folks at Rand McNally. Now, maybe road tripping without a GPS isn't your thing. Like, you're like, you know, I, I need it. But I'm sure that there have been times in your life where you, you have had to do something outside of your plan. I think we've all had those times. Maybe, you know, maybe something bad happened. Maybe you lost your job. You know, you were working hard, thinking a promotion was around the corner, and you got laid off. Or maybe there was an unexpected pregnancy, and that meant you had to rethink maybe your entire life. Maybe you had to rethink, is working full-time even an option anymore? Maybe you and your spouse were saving up for that big family trip to Disney World, but what happens the transmission in the car goes out and needs to be replaced. These were not parts of our plan. Now, what about the good kind of being stretched, which right off the bat, you're like, mm, stretching, unless I'm working out, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing. Maybe it's when you're working to finish your degree at night, working full time and raising four kids, and it's all for, the better, it's all for a better future for your family. Or how about when you're asked to be a part of a special leadership team at the church to discern what's God's calling for the church, for the church to go, where to go? How about when God calls you to move you and your entire family away from the only home that you've ever known because he wants to bless you, because he has a plan for you, and that it is bigger and grander than you could ever imagine it for yourself? Well, maybe not. That, that last one might sound a little familiar because it's the story that we're going to be reading today from Scripture. And today we're going to look at the start of Abraham's story. Before he was even called Abraham, Abram, son of Terah, was living with his father, his wife Sarai, and his nephew Lot in the land of Haran. And Terah and his family, they were actually on their own kind of road trip. They were moving to, they were going to go to Canaan, but they chose to settle in Haran. But God had other plans for this family. And our scripture today starts in uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 9. Let's read. But the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he, went, when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah of Shechem, and at, the, and at the time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the east and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Nagi. God called Abram. He called him to leave his father and leave the land that he knew to heed God's call on his life and strike out on his own. Go and do this, Abram. And God made the call pretty sweet. He, I mean, right away, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Like, if we were to, God were to say, you know, hey, I w- I've got this for you, I think we'd all be like, all right, God, what, what, do you, what do you want us to do? But the thing is, it, while it sounds good, it does mean that we have to leave our family behind, that we have to follow him. And I have to ask, how many of us, that, that might be a hard call, like, to, to leave all that you've known to follow God. The thing is, I'm pretty sure this, this isn't the last time that God does this. Like, he, this call, it's kind of one of his things that he, he does. Uh, think, we can think of Jesus and his disciples. Not just leave your family, but he goes one further and says, sell all you have and then follow me. These calls <clears throat> are calls to leave our old self, our old life behind, and take on the call that God has on our lives and follow him. And yes, it's going to be hard, and you will be stretched, and you will be rewarded. Now, everyone's ears perk up when they hear, like, oh, a reward. What's God got in store for me? And you know what? We made it three weeks of me preaching, and we finally get to a little bit of heresy with prosperity gospel. Kidding, we're not going to go that route today. Our ultimate reward is we get to go to heaven. That's our ultimate reward. We get to go to heaven, and we get to live with God for eternity worshiping him. That's our, that is the end. That's, that's what it's going to be. And that sounds really good. Like, that's awesome. But those earthly, earthly rewards, let's call them blessings, they'll come in different forms. And most of the time, not in the ways we expect. And I believe, I truly believe that God blessed Christine and I with our four beautiful girls. I truly believe that that was a blessing on our family. We, Christine and I, we were faithful to him for years in our singleness, and when, we find, when he finally brought us together in marriage, he said, those two people, they need a big family so that they can raise up godly women who will do amazing things for God. I, I believe that's what he said, and it's all for his glory. It's not for ours. It's for his glory. To be in alignment with God, following his call, and feel can sometimes feel like the most dangerous choice we can make, but it can also be the most rewarding. God's call is going to look different for each and every one of us. It will not be for you to have four daughters. Maybe it is. Uh, but some, some of us will be called into ministry. 
whether it's working in a church or being a missionary somewhere far across the earth, or maybe it's being a recording artist or an author or to humor the younger generation, be a YouTuber. God's going to call us all in different directions. And if you were to ask me 10 years ago whether, where I thought I would be, I would have probably said, oh, maybe I've released a few albums, got a few co-writes with some big artists, and live off the royalties. That's going to be a sweet life. I'm so, glad had, I'm so glad that God had other plans for me. God called me to a life of simplicity, and I would say he's called most of us to it as well. What does that mean? Okay, Nate's calling us all simple. What does that mean? What are you saying, Nate? God called you to follow him. He called all of us. He's calling out. And he called you to live a life reflective of him, to be a follower, a Christian, and in all you do, give him glory. Now, there will be the times where God's going to speak into your life and say, I need you to put me back in focus, put me back in your focus, and whether that's a life adjustment, like a job change or a move. And God will call us to, out sometimes to do something that is not so simple, and it's going to stretch us. Do not believe the lie that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. What he gives you, what he calls you to, is going to make you realize how much you need him for the strength to get through those hard times. We are fully, fully reliant on him. Following God's voice, it's hard. Uh, there's no need to sugarcoat it. It's hard, folks. And we will have our struggles doing it but we will find joy in the Lord's calling. We read in 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 9, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or, of, or me, of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. As God speaks over us, we get to experience his love and grace for us, and we find purpose in God. I've shared this story of Abram before. I actually shared it recently to a, to a friend, and, um, and many times it's, it's when a hard decision has come down, and it's usually involved with a move, leaving home, or maybe it's a job change. I think what's so powerful about this story is that it shows God's view of everything. It is, in his view, it is so much greater and grander than our own. We can't see all that he does. He sees how things will play out in the end. He knows what's going to happen. Whatever God's call is in our lives, we need to follow it. We need to be in alignment with him. I want you guys just to kind of, this is a, a a friend of mine, we were having coffee this past week, and he gave me this great visual. I told him, like, hey, I'm talking about this, and he laid out this wisdom for me, so shout out to Mike Bell for this wisdom. But imagine we're all in darkness, you know, lights out, we're all in darkness, and our view is only two feet in front of us. And God is a light, is the light that is, that is to shine our path through to his calling. What we must do is we need to listen. We need to listen for his call. And when we hear it, we need to focus in. The world is going to try, the world is noisy. We all know that. That video from three weeks ago, it's still ringing in the back of my head. It, the world is noisy. And it's going to try and sway you away and say, 
you don't need to follow God's call in your life. Here's, here's all these other cool things to, to, to take your time. But when we are hearing his call, we need to look for his character and what that calling is and what's being said. Is it reflective of God? And when we do that, we follow. We do what is asked of us, not for our boasting, but for our boasting of him. To God be all the glory. Looking back on those family road trips, and I, my mom and I, we actually had a chance to, to talk about some of those trips this past week. We always had a destination in mind. We were usually, like I said, heading to California, but maybe sometimes there was another final destination. And when we were going to that destination, we had a path that we wanted to follow. But often, we took detours. Like I said, we visited the little cool things off the side of the road. And sometimes on those detours, we got to see something beautiful. We got to see some beautiful things on God's earth, but things that we would not have seen before. We have our path in life that we choose, and we need to have faith in God when he calls us off our path and trust that where he will lead us, it's going to be the most beautiful thing we've ever seen. We've heard, we know, we must follow the voice of God. Let's pray together. God, we ask that you open us up. God, that you would open our ears to hear you, whether you're choosing to speak to us audibly or through a friend or family member, that God, we would hear your voice, that we would hear your calling. God, that you would open our, our hearts and minds for those times when you aren't speaking audibly, when you're working through us in a situation that, God, you're prompting your, dis your push in our lives, that we can recognize your goodness in that call, that we know that it's not our heart's desire, but it is your desire for us. God, it is so hard sometimes to know what the right direction to go, and we're so grateful that we have a Father that absolutely loves us, that cares for us, has mercy and grace for us, because, Lord, we need your grace and mercy, because we couldn't do it without you. We cannot do what we do without the strength that you give us. God, we are so thankful for that. Lord, we are thankful for your son, for his sacrifice, that because of that sacrifice, we do get that final reward to be with you in heaven. Because of his sacrifice, our sins can be washed away. God, we are thankful for your son. We are thankful for your love. And God, I pray for our church families. We go forward that we would slow down, that we would take time to really listen to your voice, that when we have to make a decision, whether it's as a church or as a, as a husband or wife, as a family, as a person, that God, we would go to you first. That yes, we, we will talk to people, but God, we go to you first, that you are our guiding light, that you are our sounding board, that you are the one that's influencing us, that you're speaking into us. God, we thank you for everything. We thank you for your love. Pray this all in Jesus' mighty, precious name. Amen.